Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the 107 podcast with myself, Jacob, and joining me today and the regular host slash permanent co-hosts uh, is Ash. Hi, nice to meet you. My name's Ash. And welcome to uh, the podcast. Yeah, welcome. I think, uh, obviously, this is going to be a pilot, so do bear with us. Uh, but uh, I think, obviously, we've uh, got names. So, yeah, Jacob and then with Ash as well. Uh, and we'll start off with what on earth the podcast is actually supposed to be. Um, because we don't want it to just be like another random F1 podcast, which it will inevitably turn into anyway, but we don't want it to be a podcast with loads of just complete, absolute rubbish. Uh, we'd love to get to the point and keep the episodes um, reasonably engaging and interesting rather than just banging on and on and on, um, like some seem to, which is perfect. Uh, so that's the idea of the podcast uh, if you have any questions or need anything else you can see the contact email address in the bottom right hand corner or obviously you can read off uh, I will read it off right now for anyone audio listening it is just the107pod at gmail.com the107 as in numbers pod at gmail.com uh, and you can also follow us on TikTok Instagram and also we will be either you'll be listening to us on it uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify so yeah, there we go. But uh, all right, so should we get started with how on earth we actually got into Formula One in the first place? Ash, do you want to do you want to kick things off? Uh, yeah, I uh, watched it ages and ages ago uh, with my dad um, back when you know there was David Hill, Jack Villeneuve, Michael Schumacher. It kind of got a bit samey and boring, so I kind of fell out of love with the sport and then started again in 2010, which was probably one of the best seasons to to start it. And yeah, I've just been following it ever since. Love the technical side and the drama. I think I'd describe Formula One as a massive circus show around the world and occasionally they go racing. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into it. Uh, been a proper fan since 2010 and uh, enjoying it so far. Nice. Awesome. And uh, I think on a, on a similar vein to you, I sort of started just as I think uh, Schumacher retired for the first time. Uh, and then I think I, I think my first full season was 2007. Obviously, when when Hamilton came in, I think he was the main reason why I sort of you know got into it. Um, and then I watched all the way through to about 2010, 2011. And then um, purely because you know Sky Sports F1 is bloody expensive, <laughs> didn't watch it again up until maybe 2017, 2018. Um, and then have been back into it since, and then properly back into it more invested probably since 2018. Um, so like, I think the first season I was like, oh yeah, keeping an eye on stuff. Whereas then I was watching the the races, uh, week in, week out. So, uh, yeah, but, um, that's, that's probably about it for me, I guess. I, I, I think it's good I... to mention that you're based in Denmark and I'm yes. here in the UK. Yes. So, so obviously you're, actually... you're, you're lucky and have F1 TV. Um, yes, so we, luckily we I don't Sky have to Sports. deal. Yeah, I don't have to deal with Sky Sports, which is brilliant <laughs> because our uh, Sky Sports, well, Sky are just the arguably one of the worst companies <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So there goes our Sky sponsorship. Uh, but uh, I think that the the Sky F1 team are pretty good. I will give them yep. that. But Sky themselves, as a as an organization, I just I don't get on board with anything that they do. Pretty much. Um, but that being said, obviously, when you when you have commentators like Crofty and stuff like that, like you you kind of pulled in. But luckily, yes, I do have F1 TV, um, and uh, obviously, being being in Denmark, uh, I moved here for a, for a job a few years ago. Um, obviously, I've got a bit of a soft spot for for K Mag as well, absolutely. <laughs> um, and seeing seeing him come back at the beginning of what the twenty two season was incredible. Like getting rid of Mazaspin and getting K Mag back in the back in the Haas was was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, really, really cannot complain whatsoever. So yeah. maybe that's a talking point for a future episode. In do we ever see Formula One backing out of all these commercial partnerships that they have, going straight on F1 TV? But you know, there's positives and negatives. But that's a discussion for another I, time. I don't think it would be an issue if they just allowed F1 TV in any country. Or, or like, even if they just made it as expensive as the alternative, like even then, just purely to give the people the options, I think wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Again, I don't think it should be expensive, but you know, I think uh, yeah, like giving people the option would would be good. There's a reason why when you buy your gas or electric or whatever, there are multiple choices. Um, just true. Yeah. 
There's only a one F one though. So, yeah, pers- um, personal opinion though. <laughs> uh, so yeah. should we start with the kind of recap of the twenty twenty two season? Let's do that. Yeah. New All regs, right. new drivers, new tracks. Yes, um, a couple of new tracks. It was tracks, definitely yeah. an interesting season, despite the fact that Red Bull dominated seventy five percent of it. Yeah. Uh, the cars look stunning. Mm. They're, they're they visually look- incredible, yeah. and the fact that pretty much every single one of them have a different philosophy apart from Aston yeah. Martin halfway through the season introducing this B car which came out of nowhere um I think that yeah every single one looks vastly different um yeah. it was uh it was also pretty interesting we'll, we'll touch on Drive to Survive season five in a different episode but it was also very interesting to hear George Russell saying oh our, our Mercedes looks really fast and then it being arguably one of the worst cars on the grid in terms of you know poor poising and drivability um yeah it's just horrendous but um I yeah. Mean, yeah i mean for me the ferrari last season was the best looking car followed yeah. by followed by the aston yeah i think i think for me the ferrari and then i i'd have to argue like especially us obviously going in person i think the mclaren really really stands out and i did have a, a bit of a soft spot for the williams too the williams yeah. looks really good too that's definitely one thing that doesn't come across on the screen with these 2022 cars is what they look like in real yeah, life. In so person, yeah. Myself and Jacob went to the Hungary Grand Prix last year and actually seeing the cars in real life, you know, that orange does pop. You know, that yeah. Aston Martin green does pop. You know, even the BWT Alpine, the pink and blue, does actually kind of work in real life. Yeah, it really It's does. just hard to see it on a TV no matter how good. Mm. I think also because obviously when we were there, we were watching the um, the Porsche Super Cup as well. Those BWT yeah. Porsches really, really pop. Like you can immediately tell, like or track them even from what a kilometer away, like exactly where they are. It's I mean obviously you can see cars from a kilometer away, but they pop more than the other cars. Um, so yeah, those those liveries really, really do look brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and obviously the main change being closer racing, which. Um, it happened. We got it. Definitely, at least in the first few races. I mean, if you look, even at Hungary, when there was like Alonso, Magnussen, mm. I think it was Bottas there as well, just like that five, six car. That, that Daniel Ricciardo double overtake in Hungary was <laughs> incredible. And that's the sort of stuff that we've been missing, I guess. Without without these new regs, we probably wouldn't have got closer racing yeah. like that. I can't remember. I'm actually going to Google it. Uh, but the but the number of overtakes, I'm pretty sure, was higher than like the previous two or three seasons, like maybe even combined. Really? Um, yeah. Number. I, I guess of... also, like I said, with some of the tracks, they've added DRS zones, extended DRS zones as well. Yeah. So that adds to it. But um, yeah, definitely, I think a big thumbs up from from everyone on how the cast looked, how they behaved. Um, different design philosophies means. Well, we're hoping for a mix-up in in the races, but once Red Bull got on top of the reliability issues, and Ferrari stopped shitting the bed, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Well, started shitting the bed rather. Then it was kind of just max all the way. Yeah, I think obviously going back and flicking through some of the results as well, and looking at how terribly Ferrari managed the entire team, essentially from pit stops to strategy to whatever. Um, I think I think that they shouldn't have dominated as much as they had because they were schoolboy errors, as far as I'm concerned. Like I think yeah. if you look at um, if you look at Monaco, for example, yeah. that was horrific with with like double stacking but not being prepared for the double stack. Or in Great Britain, where you pitted Carlos and gave him new tires, you left you left um, Leclerc, Leclerc out. But even if you'd pitted both and let Lewis Hamilton and given Lewis Hamilton the position in P1, you would have been on new tyres and Lewis Hamilton's on old scrubbed hards. So, sounds familiar. So, so, I mean, like, well, yeah, it does sound familiar. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, even then, like, like that's just two that we can pick, pick off the top of our head and we're not strategists whatsoever. Um, yeah. I mean, semi-professional, potentially, but but we're not strategists at all. Um yeah, and also just to go back very, very slightly, the number of overtakes from 2021 to 2022, so obviously 2022 with the new regs, went up 30%. Um, it doesn't it doesn't uh, give me, you know, the specific numbers in the article that I found, um, but uh, Alonso and Vettel had, had, the, had the most, but obviously Vettel having more than Alonso. Um, that's that's where we're at. So score one for the old guard. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it just goes to show that, like, obviously, 
it was very interesting that Alonso obviously kept Piastri out of the car or young, <laughs> other younger drivers out of the car, but very clearly there's a reason why he's still on the grid, even at 40, 41 years old. It, he can still pull it out of the bag. Well, not even pull it yeah. out of the bag, just, just perform every week. Well, I read somewhere, um, he feels that like his reflexes, his physical performance is fine. What he doesn't like getting older is the constant traveling, right? Because there's not yeah. only traveling to every single city and then also going back to the base in the UK, but they've got yeah. sponsor events, they've got PR events, they've got their own marketing um, and stuff to do. They're, you know, they're always traveling. And I think that he says is what takes a toll rather than getting in the car with all the G-forces, the brain going at 100 miles per hour. So, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. I mean, like, if you can perform, you know, you're old enough or you're young enough, right? So that's yeah. the same with Max came in when he was super young. Yeah, didn't even have a driver's license. Yeah, absolutely, you know, just smashed it. So, yeah, 2022, happy, went well. 2023 will be interesting now they've kind of got a year, essentially like a year's testing with these new cars. I think for Mercedes, they kind of saw it as like, yeah, this is like a year's testing because they improved massively towards the end of the season. So yeah, they really 2023, did. 2023, I think, will be a lot closer. I guess this kind of leads up into like the 2023 discussion of the cars, deliveries. And personally, I think let's start with Red Bull. I think Red Bull are the team to beat. Um, yeah. Yeah. Livery is, uh, is, it's Red Bull, right? I they, would they love. Are, to be they a Red Bull a livery company. designer. <laughs> a Le- Red Bull livery designer is arguably one of the easiest jobs <laughs> in the world. It's just copy-paste every year. It's all like, oh, no, we've now got a slightly new sponsor. Just literally just update the PNG. It's not it's not yeah. rocket science. But honestly, it still looks good. Um, I'm one of the people that thinks it still looks good. I think it's on... If you, if you will look back in like 10 years when they change their livery, you'll look on it the same way as the old McLaren, uh, like Marlboro... Marlboro liveries yeah, yeah it'll yeah. be similar veins there's that, there's that sure. romanticism with, with, with a winning car and i say red bull are a marketing company right those yeah. those are the colors it has the team but i don't know if you've ever seen some of their testing liveries yes um, yeah like, some of them are really just, really just good bring yeah. them, just bring them in for a, a race or two like they had the white livery in 2021 yeah um for you know japan and honda which you know, they used in turkey and that car looked beautiful. And I'm like, come yeah. on, man. Just just a couple of seasons every now and then. You know, there's a whole, you know, potential yellow Ferrari that people were like, it'll be so nice. But brand, brand is everything nowadays. But yeah, yeah, they look like the team to beat. Max yeah. looks like the driver to beat. They did a ton of laps. Obviously, testing is, you can't really look into testing too much because the sandbagging, fuel loads, tires, engine modes. Um, you can and you can't. Three, four, Grand Prix. Could, yeah, is, it's definitely. Um, uh, I wouldn't say ominous for the rest of the grid, but it looks like some some teams will be like, yeah, we might have to be play, uh, might have to play catch up. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the only team that I've seen that have come off badly from testing has been McLaren. Everyone else seems to have had a reasonably good test. Um, yeah. And I think the first three races up until like what is essentially being dubbed the mini what the spring break where there's like a three weeks without without a race where we were supposed to go to China um, that break that like up until then I think we'll sort of see who you know uh, who's actually going to be you know we'll best, better and, order, and, yeah. yeah we'll establish yeah. the pecking order thank you um, but <laughs> I think that it will also be very interesting because I know that for example again McLaren they're, they're bringing in an upgrade package like very early on in the season so are Alpine so yeah. I think that it will establish it will establish a very early pecking order but at the same time like it could it could drastically change you don't know how well these Alpine upgrades are going to go these Aston Martin upgrades not that they need upgrades by the looks of things but yeah you know it's uh it's going to be interesting for sure yeah because it, it's not going to affect because you have to be from 2022 you have to catch up to where red bull were yeah and then you kind of have to add a little bit more to to beat red bull so yeah i think ferrari is i'm glad ferrari up there giving yep. charles and carlos um the car i will have my hands up i love charles leclerc and i hope he becomes a champion he's definitely got the skills to to be a champion um so I hope Ferrari can give him the car and the strategy <laughs> to help him be a champion. So Fred Vasseur coming in, he's got a lot of experience with Alfa Romeo. 
Um, he seems like a no-nonsense guy, that he's not going to take shit from anyone. And if something's wrong, he will fix it rather than trying to be the nice guy, which I think is what was accused of previous team, team principles before. It's like, ah, it's Ferrari, it's Ferrari, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I think that was a criticism put at Mattia, was that because he was a Ferrari guy through and through, he'd been at the team for years, it kind of was like, yeah, I don't want to... Yeah, don't want to upset, but I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting where Ferrari were a few years ago to being the fastest car at the start of 2022 is is well done. But it seems that as the pressure was being put on, as they were like, hey, we've got a car that can fight for race wins here, pole yeah. positions, it seemed that that kind of got to them a little bit and they played it a little bit too safe uh, at times, yeah. uh, which hampered them in the end. Yeah, I, I, this is uh, yeah, this is not reminiscent of the Ferrari from what fifteen years ago when you had Schumacher there. But again, I do think that it further proves just how essential Schumacher was to that Ferrari team. It wasn't it wasn't Ferrari doing it; it was Ferrari and Schumacher. Um, and I think that's exactly what Hamilton's done at, at Mercedes. Like it, yeah. exactly the same sort of process, exactly the same sort of thing. Those years of dominance as well. Um, and speaking of, of Mercedes in terms of their preseason testing, I think uh, as per usual, they've come out and said that, uh, you know, the car is rubbish. Uh, usual <laughs> Mercedes sandbagging, like Mercedes uh, playing everything down. But um, I think that especially given how well the end of last season ended up, I think that um, probably Red Bull Ferrari and then it will be it will be Mercedes and um and Aston Martin probably challenging for that third, fourth position, I think. And then you'll have the mid, the mids, um, and then the, the back of the pack as well. But um, I think Mercedes are in a semi-decent position. Um, I know yeah. that one thing come to, that's come out of testing is obviously they said that their, their current car, the philosophy of the zero side pods, they're going to they're gonna give it one more go. And then if halfway through the season it's looking like it's a no-go, uh, then they're going to switch to to a to a different philosophy, which will obviously be closer to the Ferrari and the Red Bull philosophy, which I think is particularly interesting. I think it's great that they're giving it another go. Very clearly, they have a, a strong belief in the in the philosophy of the car, but. Um, just throwing away yet another season. You've got Hamilton getting; he's not getting any younger. I know he's probably got three, maybe four more years left in him. But at the same time, it's wasting another year. Would those frustrations start to bubble up again? He did a lot of work last year on the car. Is is that going to get any worse? Is it going to get better? I hope, for for argument's sake, they're they're up there and they don't have a complete you know dog water car. But you just never know. Um, no, with no, no. testing these from, from these designers, guys. these technical people, they are super smart, super intelligent, more than yeah. your average podcaster. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> uh, so they've obviously seen something on data, wind tunnel testing, simulations. It's like, look, this is the way to go. They've got all the data from last year to compare themselves to, to Red Bull and Ferrari, and they feel that they can unlock potential and performance from the car with this zero sideboard. Uh, experiment i guess you can call it still if they're considering a essentially a plan b car yeah so they can see something it's something there um it, it won a race last season it was the third quickest car it's got two top drivers in so i think yeah it's the normal yeah well you know sandbagging and you know just you know don't say we're favorites just yet i don't think anyone's counting them as favorites no. um but i think they'll be a lot closer than people will perhaps admit to. Um, mm. But yeah, you mentioned Aston Martin um, and it's just been hype, hype, hype. Around Literally, yeah. You've got the, you've got so, the goat behind the wheel. The goat, and, uh, Chad Alonso. Alonso. <laughs> uh, and I mean, he's been putting in, he's been putting in regular shifts, regular numbers, like in all yeah. three of his testing sessions. He's been doing bits. Can't, yeah. can't knock, can't knock the bloke. Can't yeah. knock the car at this point. Um, no. Again, it doesn't it doesn't matter until um, it's lights out in uh, what yeah, a few okay. days. You but... don't know what people are testing: fuel loads, engine loads, uh, engine modes. But yeah, it, they definitely well they made a big jump through the season, uh, yep. similar to Mercedes, and it looks like they made a big jump now. Whether it will be fighting for wins and poles, no. But will they get maybe a fair amount of podiums? Definitely. And will they give them something good to build off for for twenty twenty three? Um, you know, I think so. And um, 
I think Alonso mentioned that not having Lance was a bit of a you know hindrance, which I agree with because he knows exactly how the 2022 car went, and he will know. Oh, yeah, this is similar. This is the same. This yeah. is better. This is worse. Um, so I think once he gets back in the car, like you said, I think they'll use the first. A lot of teams will use the first few races. We're still going to be testing, etc. Um, I think his feedback will be super important as they continue to develop that car throughout the future. But that green looks stunning as well. And yeah, Mercedes really also does. back in black. Forgot to mention that. Back yeah, in black. Mercedes back in black. I think I think yeah. the black suits them more. I think um, it does. Yeah. I, the only thing is that they do still look like a packet of Airways chewing gum. <laughs> but I think if you'd have changed the the green that they had on there to yeah. the silver or like a bit more silver to still consistently call themselves silver arrows. I think it would have looked better um, in all honesty. Do you, do you have like a favorite livery from, from, from testing or no, or so far? I, I really do like that Aston green. Yeah. That is, that is amazing. Um, I probably, I'll probably say that the Ferrari is second and the alpha romeo i quite like the alpha romeo yeah the alpha yeah. looks good the alpha looks good yeah. um and the a, a special little shout out to the williams uh air intake looking like a duracell battery <laughs> which is brilliant obviously did happen halfway through last season most people seem to have forgotten that uh <laughs> but that is that is brilliant that's probably one of my best like that's my probably because the williams was never on tv <laughs> yeah it's never on tv it's just the back yeah um so, or at least one of them was um yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think another a, a team we haven't actually mentioned is Haas. Haven't mentioned yeah. Haas from from testing whatsoever. Uh, I yeah. feel like it's uh, it's a good place for them to start compared to compared to last year. Ferrari have apparently found even more horsepower out of that engine. Obviously, with the engine freeze coming in, they were they were focusing more on power before the freeze, and then they were focused on reliability. It purely, again, this is. Uh, uh, rules and regulation stuff, but it means that Haas now have an even more powerful engine. They've developed more of the car this year than they've ever done previous years as well, um, yeah. and they could potentially be pushing further up into that into that midfield. I think as well, if you look back at twenty two testing as opposed to twenty three testing, uh, you've got you've got uh, Kevin Magnussen obviously is in the car for all of testing this time, um, yeah. which is great. Uh, and you know hasn't had a year's break in a Formula One car, which is perfect. So I think they're in a really good position too. Their car looked good, um, and I, I don't think so far I've got a bad word to say about them. The only thing, obviously, is their is their pit wall has shrunk fifty percent, which is odd, but um, makes sense. Obviously, um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably reasonably interested in, in Formula One news. Uh, so obviously, they're saving money on shipping, which obviously, if they're not a budget cap, I saw a couple of people saying why are they trying to reduce shipping costs if that's not included in the budget cap. But obviously, if Haas aren't even meeting the budget cap because they've only got you know 100 million to spend in a season and you know three million of it is going on shipping, if you can save money somewhere, it actually would go towards the budget cap. So it, it, honestly, it makes sense. Um, that's the only weird thing to come out of Haas for for preseason. Everything else, they look they look in a really good position as well. I think. Well, they have that uniquely designed rear fin. Yes, I'm not seen on any other cars. They've obviously got Nico Hulkenberg back, who's got a ton of experience. Again, he's taken a year out, so it'll be interesting to see how long it takes. That is a very good point. But, but is he better than Mick? Well, I think one of the reasons why they picked him was probably because he doesn't crash the car yeah. as much, and yeah. that costs millions of damage, which could be going towards development of the car. Yeah. They've obviously had a lot longer in the wind tunnel due to the new regulations, so yep. it'll be interesting to see where they're at. They could definitely kind of make that jump into that midfield pack and, and maybe maybe even push that fourth, fifth place team. Potentially, so, who knows? I think with with McLaren being dog water from their testing, <laughs> I think I think we could potentially see Haas push up to fifth and push yeah. McLaren maybe down to sixth. If okay, if, you 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 shit on McLaren for the whole podcast. I, I, Let's talk I, I about have McLaren. So far. <laughs> um, I don't I don't really know what to say. I feel like <laughs> I feel like as a McLaren fan, I feel like Zach's come in and just made everything worse. I, I genuinely... I, I don't think so. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you on oh that. Oh, God, here we go. I think, first of all, Zach is the commercial guy, right? He's True. He's brought in a lot of sponsors. Sponsors bring money. True. Money brings development. Yep, I agree. I think he brought in the right drivers, so giving Lando the longer contract. And I thought everyone yep. at the time thought Danny Ricciardo to McLaren. Yes, I agree. Yes, Any, any True. Game, 
he gave Danny a chance, and yep. when it wasn't working, it's like we, we've got you to go. Uh, we, we have to let you go. But I think what he's the CEO and kind of co-team principal, along with at that time Andreas Seidler, or now Andreas Stella. And I think let me focus on the commercial stuff, managing the drivers, kind of managing the team, and let Andreas Seidler at the time, Andreas Stella now, you focus on the technical part. True. So I think if we're kind of going to look at where there's the weakness, it's definitely on the technical side. And yeah. I know they keep talking about, yeah, well, when the wind tunnel, comes, wind in, tunnel. When the wind tunnel comes in, it'll help. But with the McLaren's resources, with the personnel, you would expect them to be doing better than they are. That's the thing. If you look at McLaren two seasons ago, back in 2021, yeah. doing amazingly well, won a race. And then obviously new regs are going are gonna to put everyone in a new pecking order. Ferrari being second, no, I don't think many people saw Ferrari being second coming from fourth, fifth, where they were the previous year. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, then if they had a terrible testing last season with their brake ducts or, or whatever it was, something, some issue with their brakes, and then this year you've got you've got Lando punching a wall out of frustration, supposedly blown out of proportion, according to Will. Uh, I, I, Will I, I, Will initially I, I, said that he saw him <laughs> punching a wall, and then has backtracked a little bit. But that's not a great sign. I don't go around punching a wall where my car doesn't particularly do very well. So I don't I don't know. It just seems like things are going uh, backwards. I, I, I would just take these things with a pin of salt. True. Pinch yeah, salt. true. It's pinch of salt, for sure. A lot um, of drama. Just, you know, let's just... You know, I yeah. Technically, anyone could come up and say, "Well, I saw Oscar Piastri doing this. I saw Fernando doing that." Like, true. all it takes is just someone with an iPhone to take a picture of like Fernando just like this. It's like, oh, Fernando falling asleep, yeah. in the car, and it's like, yeah, you caught him for like one second. Uh, do that face. So yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it, but it, it's clear like they're not where they want to be no. uh, at testing. That's from that's more that's what I mean. They they like so far. And and I'm and I'm holding Zach accountable because he is the the lead slash whatever yeah. of McLaren. Um, that's more what I mean under under his stewardship. Let's say it's yeah. it seems to have gone slowly, slipping backwards. I hope for, for for my sake that's not the case. But when you don't get the best out of da- of Danny, you've had two rubbish testings in a row. You brought in an a in Formula One an unproven driver who is a rookie, which I understand he should. He should do very well. He will not outscore Lando in the first season, regardless. He just won't. There's no way. Yeah. Unless something ridiculous happens, loads of technical issues, like obviously Alonso and, um, and um, oh God, who's the, the French one? The uh, Ocon. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, obviously, unless you have a situation like that, I can't see him outscoring him. But, if you look at their choice and bringing in Oscar Piastri, the drama around that, especially with Alpine, would it not have oh, been easier? Hilarious. Would it not have been easier? And I would have preferred it to, to bring in Pierre Gasly. Would that would that uh, not have been a better see, option? I think obviously driver salary is not included in the cost cap. Exactly. But I think I think it was a decision in which is like, look, Piastri it's long term. It's long it's term, a long term. Yeah, and, it, and it's cheaper, right? Gasly will probably have asked for probably four or five times uh, the amount of money. Yeah, so. I, I know that if you're looking at, supposedly Danny Ricciardo wanted 10 million. So yeah. if you're looking at Pierre Gasly, he's probably wanting four to six, probably. Yeah. Whereas uh, uh, Piastri, sorry, uh, Gasly is probably wanting four to six. Uh, yeah. Maybe even seven or eight, who knows? Because he is a race yeah. winner after all. Um, and then you look at Piastri, he'd maybe ask for two to three, maybe. Yeah. And Again, they probably, and Lando's on a long-term contract. Yeah, probably... long-term contract, which I think McLaren got a very good deal out of it. Lando got the arse end of that deal. If Lando <laughs> had signed like a one or two-year contract, and then you look at potentially Checo, who isn't getting any younger, and that Red Bull seat, or potentially even, you know, you, you never know, potentially that second yeah. Mercedes seat opens up because Lewis doesn't want to do it anymore after a terrible 23 season, it looks yeah. more likely. I think Lando was a bit stupid in signing that much of a contract extension. I, I, I'm sure there's performance clauses in there, yeah. like yeah. if they don't finish above a certain position, um, that he can have an out. I Yeah, I would imagine a lower buyout clause. there's loads of stuff uh, in there, for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think him or his team would be silly enough to just tie him in for years. No, not at all. Just not performing. Um, no. Speaking Al- of things that we keep forgetting about, Alpine. Al-Tari? Oh, Alpine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go with Alpine. Um, Alpine. Yeah. Again, they got their pink car for the start, which... I, I like. Know, it, it is what it is. 
I like it. I, don't, I just don't think the pink and blue go together. Mm. It just doesn't work for me, but... Fair enough. It is what it is. Um, yeah, Pierre Gasly in the team now as well. So he brings a wealth of experience. I he think does. He's a good driver. Yep. Um, Not quite as much experience as um, the fossil for Lon- uh, Alonso, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess their key thing is it looks like they're playing it very, you know, cards close to the chest. Um, everyone's been hyping around Aston Martin, but Alpine were the fourth quickest team last season yep. and should have been comfortably so if yep. it weren't for reliability issues. So I think expect them up there to be challenging for, if we go with Aston Martin being the best of the rest, uh, challenging them for fourth in the constructors, perhaps podiums as well. Yep. But again, they're just forgettable. You know, it, yeah. if it weren't for you know Alonso, they probably wouldn't have got as much coverage as they did in the past couple of years with his drives. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's really not much to there's say. Not about much them. to say. They just <laughs> yeah. they've just turned up, been French, yeah. and done some testing. That's literally all that. Like that's it. They just turned up being French. <laughs> they just turned up, were French, did some testing, and then that was about it. They went around the track a couple of times. Like they, there's nothing notable came out of them. Nobody's yeah. talking about them as like but, you know setting the world alight. Um, so far, anyway. But sometimes um, that can be a good thing, right? Yeah, like, true. If you're going no in, it's like, this was our plan. These are the goals we wanted to achieve, mm. and we achieved them. You know, we weren't going for qualifying rounds. We weren't going nope. for fastest laps. We weren't going for I mean, if you, anything if you, too crazy. If you look at race pace, Alpine were apparently fourth. Yeah. Oh, decent. So and I think another thing people forget uh, during testing is they actually test where the cars are slow. Yeah. So they'll purposely put the cars in setups. Like, well, we expect the tires to be eating up really quickly in this uh, setup. So go yep. out and see it. It's like, yep, that correlates with what we're doing. We expect you to have a bit more drag with this yes. setup. So yep, that correlates what we're doing. So when you look at times like, oh, that's a bit slow. That's a bit this, that's a bit that. It could be that they're testing for, all right, this is our operating window and we know it doesn't work in this operating window. We know it doesn't yep. work with this setup and these tires. So mm. yeah, it seems like they've just had a, a solid one. Um, yeah. And then the last two teams... Alpha Tauri and Williams. Yep, I think uh, I th- I think that testing for Alpha Tauri went pretty well. Yeah, like bog standard, middle of the road. They didn't turn up in the French though. They they just turned up and did some decent testing. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm going to hop around between Alpha Tauri and Williams. I think Williams. I think the only thing notable thing that I saw was they had an electrical problem with um, Logan Sargent in the car. Uh, yeah. When they pulled into the pit lane, but other than that, eventless. Um, but they seem to seem to do a decent amount of running, uh, which is which is good. Uh, in race pace, uh, AlphaTauri were the slowest, um, which I don't think obviously reflects very well on their very well on their car. But again, all of these testing times and testing data has to be taken with a pinch of salt. Uh, AlphaTauri will not be the slowest car on the grid. They just won't no. be, um, yeah. especially. And I think. Going on slightly to their driver lineup, obviously you've got you've got Yuki Sonoda and uh, and Nick DeVries. I think e- if either one of them outscore each other in the season, it's going to be incredibly interesting. Because if you're Yuki, you've been in the team two years, you've had two years of Formula One experience. You cannot yeah. let this rookie, who he is a rookie technically, yeah, you cannot let him outscore you. You can't. However, if you're Nick DeVries. If you don't outscore this rookie, you're a you're a Formula E world champion. How how are you not outscoring this rookie who struggled last year to to score points consistently? I think yeah, it's lose lose for both of them, realistically. Yeah, and obviously Nick jumped into that Williams and got P nine yeah. in Monza. So yeah. he's definitely got the skills. Um yeah. so I guess the, the the Williams wasn't wasn't a particularly car, fast car on that day. At yeah. all, I mean, again, you can't really judge Williams too well when you've got Latifi in in the other car. But still, it wasn't the, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't in the top what ten fastest cars that day. And I think Nick DeVries absolutely smashed it. No, oh, he did super well. Uh, so uh, before we talk about Bahrain, should mm. we do some predictions? Yes, let's. <laughs> we've got the uh, Google let's... Doc open. Okay, uh, how about this? How about? <laughs> w- 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 We'll, we'll do driver constructors, and then we'll go through each team and say who's going to outscore who. Yes. All right. Sure. All right. Driver. Champion. Um, Charles. No, really. <laughs> I'm. I think Fred coming in will help 
massively. Okay. And Red Bull, or at the very least, I hope that it's I hope that it's Charles. I'm realistically, let's be honest, it's going to be Max. He's an absolute freak. But yeah, I would but... love to see Charles, a new world champion. I would love to see his redemption a bit coming off the back of last year. Ferrari giving him an ass of a of a team. I would like to see Charles. I'm I'm going with Max, obviously. I mean, it's stupid to pick uh, anyone else, so, but so I your want Leclerc. Is Max, my prediction your is Max. Prediction yeah, is my Charles. in a dream yeah. world. I mean, we all we all want someone else to be to be in a dream world. Easy. They all win. Everyone's True. A champion, yeah, everyone's, everyone's a happy. winner. Everyone gets a participation <laughs> trophy. Everything. Um, but yeah, no, I Max. I'm going Max. What about you? I mean, in a dream world, Alonso. In a dream world, Alonso. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, um, I, I agree. I think Max. Uh, he's got the beating of Sergio, and it looks like the Red Bull's strongest car. However, yeah, I'm going to go with Ferrari as a constructors' champion. Ooh, I, I hmm. think the pairing of Charles and Carlos is stronger than Max and Sergio. Yes, I agree. And I think, like I said, Fred is going to bring some stability to that team. They probably would have improved a lot on strategy how they react, what they'll do in races. And yeah. I think they will outscore uh, the Red Bull team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so, you could be right there. The yeah. The only way that you're that you're wrong is if, like, the the Red Bull team just have unbelievable, like, Mercedes-level reliability. Yeah. That's the only way that I think Red Bull would... Or, would or they're just so much faster on. than everyone yeah. and they're just yeah, yeah, one-twoing yeah. at every race. But I I, I, I feel like if you look at last season's results as well, like Verstappen had some random 7th, 8th, ninth positions and stuff. Admittedly, it did go from 10th to 1st in one race but in Hungary. But but still, yeah. like I, I think that I would, I would like to see Ferrari do constructors. I would like to see that happen. Cool. Right. So I'm guessing out of Red Bull, we're expecting Max to be ahead of Sergio. I, so I have a I have a tier list here. I've, I've <laughs> opened I've opened one up. So if you want to, we can go driver by driver. So it's got first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh as a as a category. Eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh as a category. Twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth as a category, and then sixteenth through twentieth as a category as well. So if you want to, if you want to, we can do we can follow it through and give like <sighs> random estimations if you want. I think let's let's do it team by team. I don't all know right. if I can accurately sure. put yeah, all I the drivers in, yeah. but I all think right. Max Max beat Sergio. Oh yeah, every day of the week. Uh, Charles beat Carlos. Yes, every day of the week. I think Lewis will beat George in Mercedes. Yeah, obviously last season was a bit of a sticky one, but with Mister P five. But I think that now that Hamilton won't take as much of a back foot to make the car better in the long run, yeah, I think Hamilton over over Russell. Alpine, I'm going to go with... That's a tough one. I'm oh. probably going to say Pierre. Over I'm going Ocon. You go Ocon. He's experienced in the team. He's used to the car. I think Ocon. I'm going to go with Pierre. I think maybe being out of that Red Bull environment, even though it's Alpha Tauri, um kind of will do him some good. And mm. I think he's going to be a little bit more looser, a little bit more relaxed. Kind of first time in the new team, he won't have as much pressure as Esteban. True. And I think I, will, I just I have a funny story. feeling Ocon will literally look at Pierre, who he hates with all of his entire <laughs> being, and go, this is my fucking swamp. I am the number one driver. This is not happening. I I will out, outscore you. He's already chatting shit about outscoring Alonso. Um, and I think if you've been in the team for a couple of years, admittedly Pierre will have a bit more of a drive to you know hit the ground running and actually outscore his teammate. But I think it's Ocon's to lose in terms of beating yeah, a teammate. I, I, I think the whole Ocon Gasly thing is just blown out of proportion, and and they'll be fine. Who knows? Apparently, both the families hate each other, so it's going to be spicy <laughs> either way. Like, I would love to. This what? is what it is. Formula One is a big drama show and occasionally they go racing. The <laughs> biggest traveling circus in the world. I said, I said that to you, didn't I? When when I was when I was there in Belgium, it is the biggest traveling circus. It is a circus. It, yeah, it's insane. It's, it's when you kind of look at it as it's actually marketing for Red Bull, Ferrari. Yeah. Oracle, BWT, and occasionally they go racing. Occasionally they go racing every day. <laughs> but, um, okay, um, McLaren. You have to go for Norris. 
if you're saying Piastri, I think this Piastri is not the second coming of Hamilton. He's not. No. So no, but he's very well regarded. He's, he's very well champion. regarded, he's and I'm not FT knocking him. He was going to be in yep. the Alpine uh, when Alonso left. So I, I don't think it'll be as much of a blowout as people think it would be. No. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be Lando winning that battle. Yep, definitely. Um, Alfa Romeo. So we had this discussion earlier. Mm. Um, I'm saying Zhu. I'm going Bottas. Valtteri uh, uh, Bottas will I'm sa- beat I'm saying Zhu. Zhu. He's, got his, he's got his 2022 out the way. He's comfortable with the car. He's comfortable with the team. You know, I think he showed some really good promise and performances uh, yeah. last season. I, um, I, I would personally I argue, however, that although he's very good, I potentially think he is one of the least qualified drivers on the grid. Uh, Which I know is a bit of a hot take, <laughs> but he didn't win F2. He was he was mid F2. He's never really set the world at light compared to some of the other drivers in their categories in their years. I would argue he's the least qualified driver of of the grid, and so I have to give it to Bottas. I think I think Zhu's just I think he's going to do it. I mean, fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll come back in a year. <laughs> we'll come back <laughs> well, at the end of the it's season. It's not even a year. It's like nine months. Nine, nine, ten months. We'll come back and yeah. we'll we'll see. But I, I can't right. give it to Zoo. I don't dislike the bloke, genuinely. <laughs> nothing wrong with him. But I just think he's the least qualified yeah. on the grid. I think he, even Stroll is more qualified. I know, like, obviously, oh, my daddy pays for my Formula One seat. But at the same time, yeah. I think Stroll is probably more qualified. And has more well, years in Formula One as well. We have to remember that too. So, speaking of Stroll yep, and Alonso... It has to be Alonso. I, I, want, I want Alonso so bad. To... It's got Alonso, yeah. I, 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 I just, if he can get on the podium a few times a season, that would be brilliant. I mean, can you imagine the limbs if he gets one podium, let alone two, three, four, whatever? Like, having can you imagine him... the craziness if he wins a race, right? <laughs> That was, I want him to that, bust that, that Chad his, Alonso his bird, will be shown bird celebration. all over the internet. Chad Alonso is brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, him grittying uh, in the pit lane. Brilliant. Don't know why he did it, but he just did it. <laughs> the guy is just a vibe. He's just a vibe. Um, all right, um, so Alonso. Well, yeah, Haas. Haas next. Haas and then K-Mag. Yeah, you have to give it to K-Mag. No, no disrespect to podiumless Hul- no, no, Hulkenberg. I think Hulkenberg being out season, K-Mag having that season, knowing the car. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, suck my balls. I think he's a bit quicker as it's well. hilarious, yeah. <laughs> just is fun. Uh, that's hilarious, but yeah, I'm going K Mag. Um, yep. Alpha Tauri. De Vries. I'm going De Vries as De Vries. well. De Vries. Yeah. You're not a world champion for nothing. In, admittedly, it's it's Formula I E. Think but for me, him coming in and scoring points with that Williams, I think yeah, De Vries. He came in and and immediately said, "I mean business." Yeah. Immediately, he'll outscore him. He'll outscore Sonoda. Um, Williams. Williams. Albon. Albon. Yeah. yeah, it's it's gonna be Alex. It it has yeah. to be Alex. I think um, unless I would I would love for there to be some sort of like wow surprise from Sergeant, but I, I don't, just, no, I don't not think, with Alex's. But with Alex, you know. you're not you're not gonna get that, especially over the, over the teams that Alex has driven for as well, and in the in yeah. the years that he has in Formula One. Yeah, it has to be Alex. But that was all the teams, right? We're not missing anyone. That was all the teams. No, that was all the teams. Yeah. Yeah. What? What do so, you think? Best rookie. Best, best rookie. rookie. Nick mm. De Vries. You think De Vries? I think De Vries. I think uh, Alex is going to probably blow Logan out the water. Yeah. I think Lando will probably do the same, and mm. I don't think that McLaren's going to be the best car to drive probably for Piastri to yeah. show off his Potentially, skills. Potentially, yeah. So I'm going to go go Nick, um, especially if he comes in and he beats Yuki in his first season Yeah, uh, in that AlphaTauri. I'm going to go with Nick. I think it's going to be close between Nick and Piastri. I'm going Piastri. And that's purely because I I have a massive McLaren bias. (laughs) That's purely through that. Get it out now! I'm I'm looking through... I've got beer goggles on. Got big goggles on, and I'm going Piastri. I I think I really hope Piastri is gonna is gonna yeah. 
is going to No, no, I think Piastri will do well. Yeah. Um, you know, but against Lando in that McLaren, I just think it might be a bit difficult. And I think Nick will, Nick will show his skills. Yeah, I, I think he will. But I, I, I think Piastri could do it. I, I really do. Um, is that so? So there was a really good post by ESPN F1 on Instagram, which I saw. I've just pulled it up. So it's gone for it's gone for like predictions uh, around, around like world champion, which we've already spoken about, breakout star. Uh, they've they said Oscar Piastri, um, and oh, I would I'm argue that Nick. young young driver. Say uh, you're saying Nick? Yep. Yeah. Most improved team. They they predicted Aston Martin. This is before test. No, this is just as testing was going going to start. Um, I think most improved team Aston Martin for sure. I'll say Aston Martin. Just even going by last season, what yeah. they did from the start to the end. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd say Aston Martin. As well. uh, and then they've got surprise package, and they've put Nico Hülkenberg. Um, Hülkenberg. I'm going with Alonso as my surprise package. I don't think it's a surprise. It's not I a surprise, say, but it is. I don't. I'm gonna say Haas as a surprise package. Yeah. A lot of still, a lot of people still think of them as back markers, and I think they'll be challenging in that midfield. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's that's pretty much it then in terms of predictions. Um, for, and like, you know, <clears throat> uh, preseason Pre testing. Uh, yeah. obviously now that testing's out of the way, we actually have the proper race. It's race Bahrain. week. It's actually race week this week. Uh, week. The the Haas social post with the Chipotle yeah. sponsorship, unreal, love it. Um, but we are in in race week now. Yeah. For the first time in, I think there's 111 days between lights out in Abu Dhabi and lights out in uh, in Bahrain after testing, yeah. which is just it it seems like a long time, but it's not. But it is. It, it's um, one of those things where if you love Formula One, it's like an age. If yeah. you're not really into Formula One, it's like, oh, wow, well, is it Bahrain no, already? It's back again, are they? Yeah. Oh, God, driving around in circles. Uh, yeah, I, th I think you're right. But I I think it's going to be a, a very interesting race. I I think that there will be a few DNFs. I think there'll be some DNFs. Uh, there usually is first race. Um, yeah. I want to say last year's race... No, I swear there was maybe the year before there was like ten DNFs in Bahrain well, or something last like year, that. It was the, insane. The, last year the big ones were the, both Red Bulls DNFing. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Bahrain uh, was it twenty twenty? I swear the first twenty twenty one was with Verstappen and Hamilton fighting. Yeah, but um, I I swear there was like a stupid amount of DNFs. For one of the very early on races in the in the in the season, it was like it was like like maybe it was, maybe it was. Um, oh, do you know what I think it was? I think it was. Was it Saudi Arabia? Yeah, it was Saudi Arabia. That's what it is. So Saudi Arabia, we only had thirteen cars finished. That's where I'm getting confused. I do apologize. Uh, we had yeah, we had uh, Mick didn't even start. Uh, and then you had Yuki, Latifi, Ricardo, Alonso, Bottas, and Albon all DNF. So that's where I'm getting confused. But I think potentially we'll see two or three retirements. I don't, I don't um, think we'll see that many, though, simply because they've got that year under their belt. True. Uh, well, actually, no, saying that, they've obviously they'd tried to work on the engines to get more horsepower out of it. Yeah. So there could be, there could be, probably not, not too many, I think. I, I don't think the Red Bulls are definitely, there'll be no. No, I don't think any of the top teams will, will DNF. But uh, I think for a top three, I'm going to go Verstappen, mm -hmm. Charles Leclerc, mm -hmm. and just because we've got to be crazy, Alonso. Alonso, yeah, Alonso, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm going Verstappen, Perez, Carlos. Oh, what I feel about Charles. You don't think Charles will be on the podium? I don't think that Ferrari will will be able to push Red Bull off the top two. Yeah. And there's always something that goes wrong during a race. And yeah, I'm just an outside chance for, for Carlos. But Aston Martin could be well within the shout as well. Uh, but I, I, I'm just going to go Carlos. Why not? But I think it, definitely Red Bull 1-2 unless they have some sort of technical issue. Um, or like completely royally screw it up. I think they're just too quick. They had way too comfortable of a of a testing um, yeah. to 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 screw it up that badly. Um, yeah, and then I'm going I'm going Carlos. 
I don't know why, just am. But then again, obviously, you know from my fantasy F1 last year, <laughs> I seem to do pretty well. That's I me. Mean, we should probably set up for this podcast as well, actually. We should set up our fantasy F1 team. Yes, sure. we'll do that. I um, we'll do it after. <laughs> we'll do it after, and then we'll come next. We'll come next time, and we'll and we'll go through our go through our decisions um, after Bahrain. I guess we can we can yeah. go through that. That'd be a good idea. But um, but yeah, that's it for the for the podium at the very least. Um, and yeah, like I said, a couple of DNFs. But I'm just looking forward to it. I, I haven't seen cars go around in circles in a while. Um, <laughs> and I, I yeah, I'm just I've just been missing. I need my fix, man. I need yeah. Gimme. Yeah, and then obviously we uh, we had Drive to Survive, which I think we will cover in a cover in, an, in another episode. But what? Yeah, yeah we could we could talk about it briefly, but we'll yeah, do we'll, like an episode overview. If if you had to describe the whole season in a word, that word is mid. <laughs> I was going to say better. It's better no, than the past I, I two think, seasons. Look, I think everyone knows Drive to Survive is a drama show. It's not a documentary. Yeah. That yeah. was evident in the, in the first episode. Where yeah, absolutely. I think the teams have cottoned on. They see it as a marketing exercise. and Which is why Max is back. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think... The problem is, um, I think they don't need to make it that dramatic. I think, like, like we've said throughout this whole podcast, it's a massive circus. They don't need to make it that dramatic, right? They just need to use it to explain the situations clearer. So the Piastri episode was an absolute shit show. Yeah. Right? As in not as in the episode, but the whole Piastri contract. Thing yeah, it really that. was. Yeah. I don't and think neither they, of us realised it was that bad. Yeah, and they didn't really build it up to what it was and show it in the episode. No. And I think like you don't need to dramatize certain things, fake rivalries and all that. Just there's enough drama in the season, like the whole cost cap thing with uh, yep. Red Bull. You know? Well, they dressed that up pretty well. To be fair, they did, they did dress that up pretty well. Um, I'll give them uh, that. We, yeah, we it didn't looks like they couldn't cover certain things, like Carlos um, Sainz's crash in in Japan. True, um, and things like that. I just, I just thought it didn't start off too well uh, when it went into the whole Alpine um, at Haas. Uh, with Mick Schumacher, I think yeah. those middle episodes are quite good, and yeah. having um, the we, team principals and Christian yeah. Horner's uh, and Red Bull's cost cap. Can I can I just of, say what kind of freak prints out a quote from Sergio Perez saying that the car is poor poisoning too much? Who does that? Like that was like when he said it, I was like, of course you have, mate. You've you've really gone through the trouble of printing it out. You've you've yeah. you've like set file print as um, who does that? That's so weird. Um, but I think for for me. Um, too much Britain, and you didn't cover one of the potentially most important things, which is Carlos's first win. Yeah. Uh, Mick, I think they did. They did pretty well covering Mick. They didn't cover Piastri particularly well. Uh, they didn't cover the drama in Brazil. I had to explain to my girlfriend who had been trying to get into Formula One, um, and she is now successfully hooked, which is brilliant. Uh, but I had to explain to her the drama in Brazil after the Monaco potentially rumor allegedly Monaco qualifying Sergio Perez accelerating halfway through a corner spin, um, and they didn't mention Seb retiring. No, they just they just went. Oh, isn't isn't it going to be a shame that our poster boy Daniel Ricciardo isn't going to be here? Yeah. yeah, but you've you've missed out a four time world champion. You've not you've not covered him whatsoever. That could have been a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah, and I know Danny gets a lot of love, but Seb is fantastic in front of the camera. Absolutely, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah, you know? brilliant. <laughs> um, maybe obviously he is he is quite private at points, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So potentially he just didn't want that much involvement with Drive to Survive. But I think. Yeah, possibly, but I think that's if they focus more on the Formula One. You know, if, look, if they just sat down with Seb, it's like, you know, how did you find Formula One? You know, why are you leaving? What are yeah. you doing with it? It's like I'd listen to Seb speak about five, ten minutes on on yeah. that. Fantastic, you know. Um, I think I think actually Sky Sports do a very good job of doing like mini documentaries around some do. of the stuff. Yeah, um, I'll give them that. Um, and uh, I think those... I think no no one doubts the production quality of Sky Sports F1. No, 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 no not, not at all. It's just yeah. crazy, expensive. especially after uh, after they got rid of some of some of my favourite hosts. Uh, I I don't doubt them whatsoever. Uh, Johnny Herbert can fuck off. Uh, just the, the like me and Alonso are probably in the same boat. He can fuck off. 
Um, Paul Dresser, it was he was mid. Whatever, I don't really care. But 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 Sky Sports Formula One, their production has been brilliant. Yeah. I think bringing also, um, we're kind of going off tangent a little bit, bringing in the drivers like Jensen and Nico to really explain yeah. what's going on in the car. Uh, it's just like, Mr. that kind of stuff is Mr. Anti-Vax. brilliant. <laughs> what an absolute chad. Doesn't get vaccinated. They've removed <laughs> that rule for this season as well on having to be vaccinated in the paddock. And yeah. Nico, uh, uh, Nico is just stolen a living as far as i'm concerned he just calls in from oh, i'm going on holiday this week sky so you just have to send me the laptop to my to you know be all, i'll uh, zoom in i'll, I'll zoom, zoom in. in for this yeah. multi-million pound production every week and he, yeah, and he just he's the best yeah. commentator there and i i think going back to drive to survive i i think that's one thing that it really misses is because we're never going to get to drive a Formula One car. And even if you're one of the very few people that get to drive it, you're not going to drive in anger. You're not going to drive it against 19 of the other best races in the world. No. You're not going to drive it with degrading tyres. You're not going to drive it with an engineer speaking into your ear about no. the gap behind, the gap in front. Tire pressures. If yeah. they can really focus on that part to show what it really means to be an athlete in Formula One, I think it, it would actually explode. So you have that balance of the circus, the drama, you know, Toto and Christian having yeah. it up and all that. But really, like, this is really what a driver goes through in the, in the car as well. And, and exposing that part yeah. of the sport, well, I think will open it up to more people, right? Because you can see Tyson Fury box. You can see Lionel Messi play football. But you never see Hamilton or Verstappen pushing a car to the edge, right? It only takes people like Brundle to show you, like, he's, yeah. he's ragging that car. He's driving the wheels off it. But... You don't see it, right? You don't see it. Kind I'll of tell you, who else gives a very good insight? Damon Hill gives yeah. a very good insight into what it's like to actually driving a car as well. So um, I think if Drive to Survive maybe tries mm -hmm. to kind of, like we understand the drama cells and the, the memes and Gunther and all that, you can still have that part. Yeah. But kind of go away with the fake storylines, the fake rivalries. <laughs> just It's just perfect. It just is and perfect. And just kind of like focus on what it actually means to be an athlete in Formula One. Even like yeah. just talking about, so in like two weeks, this is how much we travel, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you're in Bahrain and then Max has to go to like a PR event in Austria yeah. and then he goes back home to Monaco mm. and then he has to do like a PR event in America and then he goes over to like Saudi Arabia kind of yeah. thing. You know, it's just like, yeah. all right, wow. I, d I knew they traveled, but I didn't know they traveled kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think so, they could very easily do a whole episode, which is just pre yeah. pre season up until the first like the first race, and they show like right, you've had your holiday, you've put your feet up, you've been to spas, you've done some fashion shoots. Right now, you're going back into training, and you're pulling fifty kilos each way on on your neck. Yeah. Um, you're you're eating four thousand calories a day because you're training every single day. Uh, you're doing this media and this media and this, this, this. You've got to do this podcast appearance. You've got to do yeah. this TV show. You've got to, you know, turn up to this this local school to talk about how cool you are. Like, and then also <laughs> you've got to fly to Japan because you've got to sign a book deal or whatever. Um, all yeah. the while on the plane, you've got to do your workout because you haven't got enough time. Um, yeah. they could they could really really showcase it better. And um, then that's not including all the debris. Or no, the nothing. Stuff. Yeah, nothing like that. No um yeah. at all i think i think that they could very easily do something around that and my last because... my last complaint about dts will be fucking do it chronologically because <laughs> it is why do we need three episodes on great britain we don't just do it chronologically like i think that yeah. obviously it's set up for an american audience where they can't follow multiple storylines at the same time apparently so <laughs> so just do it just but, do it chronologically but... lads like what's going on yeah, I, I think, look, they've got the audience now. They've, yeah. they've broken the American market. They've got a load of new people in. If yeah. someone's like, hey, I want to get to Formula 1, there's Drive to Survive, here's five seasons. Now they can kind of start to, I hope, pivot the content, right? Yeah, um, hopefully, yeah. But, you know, it always gives a good insight. You know, I think, I think like you said, uh, Lewis complaining about, like, the media. I was going to say, it's four long days, it's three days. It was, like yeah, it was supposed to be three shorter days, and now it's four longer yeah. days, is what he said uh, in DTS. And that team principal meeting was, was comedy. Incredible, yeah. It, like an episode of The Office. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Well, actually, the episode of The Office was bloody Otmar giving along to his cake. Oh, it was hilarious. It was just so funny. Just uh, so funny. For, what do I say? Feliz Navidad or whatever. He says something in Spanish and then he's just yeah. like, right, okay, Feliz Navidad. Happy birthday, you <laughs> moron. You had one job, lad. Yeah, and also, like, that 
is that really what he's like? That's the image. It and that's seems a like visual it is. given by Drive to Survive. But is he really like that, you know, kind of thing? So I think, again, Drive to Survive is like testing. Just take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know what fuel loads are running. You don't know what tires yeah. uh, degradation is. No so idea. So um, in news, uh, Lance appears to be okay. You know, there's lots of rumors that he broke both wrists and this and that, and Sebastian was coming back and all that. But I think he was pictured with his father and someone else at the airport. Didn't look like he's in any casts. So it looks like he'll be mm. probably be back for maybe Saudi Arabia uh, at a push, if not probably Australia. Um, probably Saudi. Um, so. I mean, I think that I think that Aston Martin made the right choice in saying, right, Dragovic, if Lance yeah. isn't around, you're in the car. The, 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 Vettel, the Vettel one was just like... It oh, would have been you know, absolute it, limbs, and I would have killed for it, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. I, I think just, you know, it's a bit of hype, it's a bit of fun. Yeah. But there's, there, yeah. I mean, Felipe's doing the test. Sebastian, yeah. don't know what physical conditions, and even if he wanted to come back, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Alpha Tauri could be up for sale. That's very yeah. So I think I think for 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 me that is the easiest way that Andretti get into the sport. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if they even let Andretti. Cause yeah. there's obviously a big thing with Andretti yeah. in Formula One, and but I think that I, I, honestly, let's not say too much more because that is a podcast episode in and of itself. Andretti yeah. trying to get into Formula One definitely because because yeah, we can use that on one of the weeks where you know there's no race because that's yeah. a whole topic in and of itself. Um, but I, I personally, I welcome another team. I think it should be twelve teams on the grid. I, I think like, if I'm Red Bull, I don't, I don't know, Dietrich probably would have kept AlphaTauri. If yeah. I'm Red Bull, I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's not really working that well as a young driver program. No, right. If you look at who's come out of it, Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel, Daniel Ricciardo did. But if you look at Pierre, Yuki, Daniel Kiyovet. Other Carl, drivers that just weren't uh, Jaime Alvarez, Sebastian Buemi. Carlos Sainz didn't go to Red Bull though, did he? No, true, uh, but he was he was part of the driver. He was. Program. A, it's like we're investing all this money, we're not yeah. really seeing that much of a return. Uh, they own Perez in the car. They own like five Formula Two teams. Just use them. Yeah, and they're a lot um, cheaper to run. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've never seen anyone wear AlphaTauri clothing in public. Not in public, only at Formula One races, and it's only ever Pierre Gasly t-shirts. Yeah. So if I was them, I think I would sell the team. Yeah. And then focus the money, like you said, on F2. Yeah. And the Red Bull Racing team, they've got their cost cap, which they were a little bit over, but yeah. 0.6 of a percent over. It's still over. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a whole discussion on the podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Again, we'll wait for downtime. You're over. If it's 0.001, if it's 0.6, or if it's 60%, you're over, right? Yeah, true. Yep. Catalonia has gone back to the old layout. Thank God. Thank Thank fuck for that. God. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I understand safety. I'm all for safety. But it's for, for motorbikes where people fall off all the time. Bring it back, <laughs> bring it back, and they did, which is brilliant. Um, I think it's going to make for not only faster lap times. Obviously, it doesn't take a genius yeah. to work that one out, uh, but it's going to make for a lot smoother laps as well. And even the drivers complain about that chicane. So yeah. to take it out, well, everyone I mean, wins. Well, we, we've driven it on the game, right? Obviously, that's nowhere near a Formula One car, but it's just well, annoying it's everything because you got that technical sector three, and you come yeah. in and say, break left, right. I think it's just going to improve the whole show. It's going to be better for overtakes because uh, it's super hard to overtake at Catalonia. And can, yeah. Especially with now cars being able to be closer together, mm. I think it should make Spain uh, a more interesting, more fun race to watch. Absolutely. Faster lap times, faster cars, cool. more overtakes. Let's hope anyway. Good, good. And the final thing, which should ha- should be regular on the podcast series. Yes, it should Meme be. Meme of the week. Meme of the week. <laughs> I think we've got two memes. We've got two. Yeah, got we do. Chad Alonso. Chad Alonso is unreal. <laughs> Absolutely unreal. Love that. Uh, Chad Alonso. The, the is it even thing. Chad Alonso? I think it's that TikTok Alonso. Because it he's is done TikTok, the Chad face. I think it's he's doing on the Grizzly. TikTok. 
Yeah. Aston Martin's social media person, like getting Alonso to do that, I was like, hey, you've got to be good. <laughs> I but the thing is is that like he seems like he'd be up for it anyway. And he probably even came up with it like not came up with the idea himself, but he like he would have been like down anyway, even if yeah. you know it wasn't like some social media intern pushing him to dance gritty. <laughs> uh, which is just absolutely incredible. Um and then you said we've got a second one as well. Um uh, the Aston Martin hype. Oh, just Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inject it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's that's been pretty good as well. Aston Martin constructors Um, world champions twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think the the other one, the other uh, personal highlight for me as well. Obviously, looking through McLaren goggles has been the uh, the the McLaren memes where it's just been it's just been like Daniel Ricciardo watching the team on fire (laughs) from from his eighteen million dollar mansion, which he just bought. Uh, That has been incredible as well. I have to admit that's that's pretty Uh, good too. Maybe maybe. Um, make it memes of the week yeah memes of the week is, i think is... this is just me putting my own spin so, on it i'm totally making this yeah, up but yeah, when yeah, I yeah. You that instagram story of alonzo cycling i was like yeah and taking out lance <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant 100 uh, percent. yeah and the whole alonzo taking out lance memes. yeah these people are so quick it's, it's so quick the internet is unmatched in in its speed <laughs> it's absolutely incredible and it's um, meanness and it's memeness we <laughs> I, I, we could definitely make this like a like a weekly thing, and we we'll, can, we'll have to we'll have to show the memes next time we do it. We'll show the memes. Yeah, we can flash them up on screen. This is obviously very bare bones at the moment, especially as I look like the uh, the girl Violet from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory right now. I, I our background like I is purple. This. Look at me. A, a little but, bit, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, and also just the crap behind me as well. Uh, yeah. But I think the next, I think it's cool. The I next it's episode cool. will be than what's behind me. The, the form, I have Formula, I like a Formula One shrine, like above the desk. I have the poster that you bought me for Christmas on the wall here, but all you can see is just crap. Um, but I think obviously this was a test episode for the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. To, to, it, it will come in time. We'll have cool backgrounds. We'll be oh able yeah. To, like, share screens. Yep. We'll have better mics and webcams and things like that. Yeah. So, we will. Yeah. We will definitely up the production value. A I bit mean, more. Sky Sports will definitely sponsor this oh apparently after (laughs) after me saying that they're one of the worst companies in the world they're they're bound to sponsor us now um and uh allegedly one of the worst companies in the world uh but uh also we we initially were like oh let's you know aim for half an hour for a for a podcast we've been recording for an hour and eight minutes as of right now um initially obviously we do have the little bit of the pre-intro where we were getting things started um yeah yeah but um, the podcast episode times may fluctuate. You don't know. Uh, you might yeah. get 20 minutes from us if it's a boring race. You might get two hours from us because we're talking about Red Bull's wings um, and their catering department. Who knows? Um, uh, but, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of drama this season. Let's hope so because it makes for good content uh, stuff. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, let's, let's awesome. hope for that for sure. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Like I said, we've been recording for over an hour now. So the episode will be about an hour long, which is potentially a bit longer than we initially wanted but there we go um as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh for those of you listening if you want to email in questions whatever it is uh you can see our email on screen and or it is the 107 pod at gmail.com and that is like the numbers 107 uh and also be sure to have a look at us on spotify and itunes podcasts and also uh instagram and tiktok as well um and yeah we should be back for the next episode probably after bahrain we've done our predictions we'll come back and see whether or not those were absolute rubbish or not and uh after we get you know a surprise nikita mazepin win in bahrain uh knowing how drama filled formula one is but i think that's about it for for this episode in this week um thank you very much everyone for joining us and uh cheers see you next week listening and see you next time Cheers, everyone.